Well, depending on when you're listening here, it's either springtime has just started or spring has already sprung. Maybe a little later than that. And of course, there is still a lot to do in the yearbooking world. The question is, are you doing it? Well, let's see what you can kind of figure out in this particular episode of the Yearbooking Report podcast. If you're a new listener, it's great to have you. My name is Scott Easy. I've been involved in journalism for over 40 years. I've been a representative for Justin's Yearbooks for the last 24 years. Journalism, yep, yearbook is a work of journalism. Should be. It's all about the stories. And when you think about it, stories happen, of course, 12 months a year. Not nine months, not six months. Please, not one month. You know, you take one month of stuff and kind of cram it into the book. No, 12 months a year. The question is, are we covering stuff, doing things here in the spring? And so we're kind of calling this episode the Big Finish episode because there really is a lot to do in this stretch leading up to and into summer vacation. Now, recently we talked to our new friend, Marcy Peeper. Uh, we are thrilled to have Marcy as part of our Jostens team as what we call a Jostens ambassador. She is a recently retired yearbook advisor from Missouri, a very long and distinguished career, which we're going to talk about here maybe in this first segment, very distinguished. And we'll let you know that when we get to that part. But we wanted to track Marcy down because, again, she was so great for so long. And now as a Jostens ambassador, continuing that. And the idea is here are these spring months, March, April, May. What should we be doing here? What should a good yearbook staff really be getting accomplished? And that doesn't matter if you're a spring yearbook, you know, your book comes out in, you know, April, May, June, wherever, or a so-called summer or fall delivery, which might be July, August, September, whatever your timing is. The springtime is a very important time to get things done. So grab a paper, grab some uh, pencil, a pen, I don't know, a chalk marker if you want, I don't care. You're going to be making some notes here from some of the great experience that Marcy has from the last several decades, because this springtime could be crucial to your future yearbooking success. First off, let's take time to meet Marcy. Well, first off, Marcy, you're a rookie for this little feature. This is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you. So let me start by saying thank you for joining us on the Yearbooking Report. I appreciate your time today. Well, thank you for asking me. I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> now, now, Marcy, folks, we're dealing with royalty here, okay? Because just recently, Marcy was named a winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Journalism Education Association. So, Marcy, first off, belated congratulations. That sounds pretty cool. Thank you. It just it means I've been around a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out about that. All right, let's start. You know, uh, okay. give us give us some background on yourself. You know, where are you from? Uh, something about your your yearbooking career. Uh, you now work for us for Justin. So, kind of let us know. Give us some background on on your experience. Um, as I said, I've I've been teaching for almost 40 years. Um, I started out as a you know journalism advisor, teaching newspaper and yearbook, um, and have been doing that for 38 years and have loved every minute of it. Um, I've also teach photojournalism and um, 
being able to come and become an advisor for or an ambassador for Justin's has been like a dream come true because it's doing everything that I absolutely love. Everything that my whole career has been a culmination of and going out and talking to people and helping um, advisors and kids with their yearbook. And it's just a very positive experience. So I love giving back. And this allows me to do that. Now, what part of the world are you from? I'm actually from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, well, actually, a little town outside of St. Louis, Missouri, Troy, Missouri. Um, but I always say St. Louis; it's just easier. <laughs> everybody knows where. Well, hopefully, everybody knows where St. Louis is. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, okay. Now, here's a goofy question because, from my knowledge and experience, is there something in the water in St. Louis? Because there are a number of really good journalism groups or yearbooking groups in your neighborhood or am i am i right on that you are correct uh, st louis has just been a mecca for good good journalism dating all the way back to hl hall and you know he's a legend he's the, the one of the men that started the whole scholastic journalism to what we know today um and mitch eden's here um, i mean they're they're just a, a huge amount of advisors that are just really passionate about your book. And so we all get together, we get to learn from each other. Um, I remember growing when I was as a new advisor, I talked to H.L. Hall all the time about what should we be doing and how did you make this work? And he was wonderful about sp spreading his knowledge. And, and so everyone else around here is just really good about talking to each other and helping each other. Now, I'm just curious, is this a little competitive, maybe? I mean, if these were sports teams, you know, like football teams or something that kind of play each other every now and then, very competitive, is journalism in St. Louis area, is that competitive as well? Well, a little bit. You know, everybody likes to have bragging rights. But when it comes down to it, we're all here for, this, for the kids. We're all here for the same reason. So we're, you know, we're very happy to talk to each other and offer suggestions and help a newbie. When we find out that there's a new advisor in a school, then people reach out from all over trying to make sure that they have a great experience with their students. All right. Now there's a question, right? You're from Missouri. I'm from Pennsylvania, especially in the last three years, which we all know what happened there. There has <laughs> been a lot of advisor turnover a lot of, you said newbies and so on. Is that happening where you are in Missouri too? Yeah, oh yeah. There's uh, There's been a lot of, of retirements. People that you wouldn't think would retire at certain parts of their career have decided that, you know, they're ready to try something new. And so we're seeing across Missouri, we're seeing a lot of uh, positions that can't or have not been filled. Um, they're advertising for, yearbook advisor along with a video production advisor and those are hard to find so yeah there are a lot of job opportunities all over the country i know right now for for advisors who are just like i'm ready to try something different this has been a way too stressful from your experience marcy do you think that's going to continue it's happening in pennsylvania i see it all the time do you think is is this sort of a just a a, a blip you know, a couple of years, we'll get past this, or are we in the middle of something here? What do you think? I think we're in the middle of a big change. We're seeing a huge change in what is expected of an educator. So not only are we trying to teach kids to meet deadlines and do all the other things that journalism teachers do, but, you know, the teachers are being thrown into 
a lot of situations that they don't really feel comfortable with right now. You know, um, we're being counselors and um, just stuff that we weren't trained for. And so you, I think you're going to see it continue that people reevaluate where their heart is and, and what they want to do with their lives. So I think we're, we're going to see a big change in education in the next several years. Now, this Lifetime Achievement Award, I think about a dozen people or so got that early this year, earlier this year. Um, I mean, were you expecting that? That's a big deal. Were you, were you expecting to get that? Um, well, it's kind of, it's one of those things where you, when you get to the, the end of your career and they start, you know, they start handing those things out. Um, I don't, I don't know that you ever really respect it. I feel honored that my, my colleagues would nominate me for that and, and write some really, really great, cool things that make you kind of go, oh, and make you blush. But, um, I don't know. That's a hard one to answer. I'm just, I'm very appreciative that that I was nominated. Well, this, yeah, I was going to say, this came from your peers. So mm -hmm. clearly there are a lot of folks out there that think very highly of you. And now you're a Jostin's ambassador. You, you work with us. So what, yeah. what, are, what are some of the things that you're doing now as, as an official ambassador? What, what does an ambassador do? Um, well, we work, uh, Margaret Sorrows and I work with the CAM team, the Creative Accounts Managers team, which is a phenomenally talented group of people. Um, so that and right there is is just really a very cool opportunity. Um, but so we work right along with them. Um, a lot of times when they uh, get overbooked or um, they can't fit things in their schedule, they'll turn to us and say, hey, could you do this? And so we do things like help design the shows that are that everyone sees when they go to a workshop in the summer. Um, or we'll go out and, and work with staffs. Um, I spent a whole week in Kansas last summer just uh, working with one of the Kansas uh, Kansas reps and spent the entire week going from school to school and workshop to workshop and getting to meet all these really cool kids. Um, love the opportunity that I get to watch what other people do. I get to see that we're not all the same and it's, you know, we're not cookie cutter. Everybody has a different program and a different way of doing things. And so every time I go out, I learn something new. You know, I hope that I can leave them with with some information that will benefit them. But I always learn something from every workshop I do. Now, our friend Margaret was part of this feature not too long ago. And mm -hmm. I remember one question I asked her that day was, OK, Margaret, in person or online, which one do you prefer? Is it possible that it's 50 50? All right, Marcy, which one do you like? I always like in person. I mean, it, it's comfortable to be able to sit in your house in your nice comfy chair and, and you know, teach, talk to kids and teach them. But there's nothing like one-on-one -on -one and, and really getting to have those organic conversations and getting to, to see the excitement of a group when they come up with an idea and everybody falls in love with it. So I love the personal stuff. Do you do anything online right now? Um, once in a while, I'll meet with a school online. Um, I work with some schools out in California, and so I've been online with their rep and also with the students. Um, so that's the next best thing, that when you do leave a workshop, that you still have that online communication so you can see their faces and, and talk with them without having to do the emails back and forth, which is so in, in, impersonal. Um, 
So it's it's the next best thing. And a little less expensive than a plane ticket. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to more with Jostin's Yearbooks Ambassador, Marcy Pieper, coming up in just a moment. We're going to get into some nuts and bolts, starting with organization in just a little bit. That's something, my observation, a lot of yearbook advisors really don't pay enough attention to how their effort and their staff is organized. That's something that you can tackle here in the springtime, not only for the right now, but of course for next year, for the future. Really important stuff. So we'll get to that and more coming up in just a bit. And kind of a follow-up on that, yes, I think the spring is a key time for any yearbook staff, and yet, especially for spring yearbook groups. You know, maybe you finish your book sometime in, say, March. You think, well, okay, nothing much to do anymore. April, May, June. That is lost time that could be so valuable for your future yearbooking efforts that often gets ignored. And I think that's a mistake. I think the springtime is the perfect time to start looking ahead to next year. Don't wait till August and September. Now, here's the thing. Every school is different. Every yearbook is different. Every yearbook effort is different. Scheduling at schools is different. This job would probably be a lot easier, frankly, if everybody did it the same way, if you will. I'm talking about scheduling right now. You know, you, you got kids, they sign up for classes, and you know, say, in April, you're the advisor. You know in April who you're going to have for next year. Now, in some schools, that's the case. They do know. In too many other schools, they don't know. I have some schools I work with. They don't know who they're going to have on staff for the new year until maybe August. Uh, in some cases, maybe not even until the, the school year starts, like day one. And they still don't quite know, who do I have this year? I would say if that is your situation, get together with your administrator and say, look, can I do this differently, please? It would really be helpful for us to at least know who our new people are going to be, our new students are going to be in like April and May so that we can start doing some prep work before summer vacation comes. Because let's be honest, when summer vacation comes, people don't want to be thinking about school. All right. No, students, teachers, yearbook representatives. All right. Although we have to, we really do. Uh, most folks, they want to go have fun. They want to go on a vacation. They want to hang out, you know, all that sort of stuff, do some hobbies and such. So if we can know who's going to be on staff in April and May, that is like gold. And again, Marcy's going to talk about that here in just a little bit. We can do some advanced training. We can do some advanced planning. We can figure out the theme maybe for next year. We could design the custom cover if you do that for next year. Get that out of the way well in advance, along with a lot of other planning features. So that when the new school year begins for you, if it's August, September, whatever that is, you've got your game plan down. Literally on day one, you hit the round, hit the ground running. Boom. Off you go and do some cool stuff rather than, okay, guys, what are we going to do this year? If you have your plan set up in advance, that is just tremendously valuable. And so we're going to hear from Marcy here in a little bit about her leadership and so on and some of the things that they do, you know, for the big finish this year and looking ahead to next year. 
See what you can do in your particular situation. The more you can get done sooner, the less you have to do later. And it's been my experience for folks that are able to do that. They have fewer headaches. They have a better effort, more streamlined, and it just goes better if you can do that. And of course, contact your Jocelyn's representative. They got plenty of ideas about getting your group reorganize, better organize, some things you can do during the spring, and so on. Very, very important. So let's find out more about that from our guest, Marcy Pieper. All right, now let's move on to our main topic for this. I'm just calling this the big finish. Going into spring, March, April, May, again, depending on where you are in the country, when your school ends and all that sort of thing. Marcy, let me start with an organization question. Okay. Um, from your long career, um, how was your staff organized? Because I've been at this over two decades. It seems like no two staffs are organized quite the same way. It's kind of all over the place. I've tried to mm-hmm. urge people, you know, a better organized group, you're going to have a better effort and have, probably have more fun with it. Some people get it. Some people don't. So from your experience, how was your staff organized? I'm thinking editorial positions, your whole staff. How did these guys all get together and work together? Um, I've had opportunities to, to do a lot of different things. I've I've advised as a, a club advisor. I've had a staff that met every day. Um, we've I've had staffs that have been on block. Um, and the the Clayton High School book, which is the last one that I advised, actually only met once a week. Um, for 45 minutes. And then they went off, did their thing, and then would come back and we'd regroup the next week. So the key to all of that was communication. It doesn't matter if you're meeting every day or if you're meeting once a week, you still have to have communication pieces. Um, So when when we form our editorial staff, we always made sure that there were people who were responsible for making sure that everybody knew what was going on. So we call them communication editors. And so they were constantly sending out emails or notes to people. Hey, don't forget about this or reminding you of deadlines coming up. Um, always, It's always student led, no matter how it was formed. Um, there would always be an editor in chief. Some years it would be two editors in chief. Some A couple of years it's been three. Um, depending on the strength of, of the students in front of you, you just kind of have to look at, at the kids that want to have those leadership positions and then figure out where they work in best. So it was, it's just like you said, it was never the same way twice um, because we, we really did form it based off of the students in front of us. Now you mentioned the editors in chief, all right, the kids at the top, what about right below them? How did you kind of, you know, divvy up the different duties and so on? Um, well, again, depending on how the book was sectioned off back in the day when we used to do the traditional student life, sports, um, clubs, academic sections, every one of those sections would have an editor that w- that oversaw the whole thing. You'd have the editors in chief um, and then the section editors. And then from there, you would also have a photo editor. Um, sometimes the photo editor editor was somebody who was your best photographer. Sometimes it was a photo editor that never photographed anything. And their whole job was to make sure that the photographs were loaded. They were in the right folder. So they were very organizational, um, instead of being the creative in it. And they knew what a good picture was. They knew how to weed out the ones that shouldn't be there. Um, but they were trained to, 
to actually help keep us organized so the other photographers could go out. So again, it just depends on how the book was organized. Uh, when we went to more of a chronological book, then we had to completely rethink how we wanted our editors to be. So we had creative editors. We had a managing editor who knew the entire book along with the editors-in-chief. And then we had um, communication editors. Um, and then all of those, those students had particular jobs. And then they all came together to make sure that the whole thing works. Now, you mentioned earlier two key words, student leadership. Mm -hmm. um, again, Marcy, I've mentioned on this feature, I in my various travels, I still, in my opinion, still see too many yearbook advisors who essentially make all the decisions and the kids just pretty much just do what they're told. Uh, not a fan because I know teachers have enough stress on their shoulders and then there's this. So Marcy, if you had a chance to sit down with an advisor who that's the way they run their, their operation, it's all on them. What would you tell them? Why why is student leadership so important? It's their product. It's their they need to be making those decisions. There is no um, there's no other class that is as authentic as a yearbook class, because when you allow the students to be in charge of it, they're learning so many skills. So they learn how to be leaders. They learn how to delegate. They learn how to um to peer edit. They learn how to run a, a, a team. They learn how to, I mean, just everything that you could think of that runs a, of running a business, you do through creating a yearbook. And so we all know that the best, the students learn best when it's hands-on. They learn when they are actually doing something, you know, to, just to sit and learn a concept and then watch somebody else do the concept. It's not as, as important to those kids. It's not as authentic. And we have a chance to give them that authentic piece. Um, so I don't think you should take that away from a student. You know, we can do the designs for them, but then what have they learned? You know, have they learned all of the design skills that they need or have they just learned to do exactly what they're told? you know, what's better for the kids. Marcy, I've had a number of people over the years pretty much say the same thing. There is no other class in school like your book. Mm -hmm. it's just, you're nodding your head. I mean, you're in full yeah. agreement with that. What, why? Well, I mean, what, what's different? Um, because it's actually learning by doing. And they are the only ones that create a product Every kid in school and their parents and their grandparents are going to take that product and peruse it and then keep it forever. There is nothing else, nowhere else in the school that anybody has that experience. They learn how to do, like I said, they learn how to, to be business people. You know, they know what the budget looks like. They know if they can't pay for their product, we can't do that product. One of the, the things that I think has been a strength for my kids is that we sit down and do a budget at the very beginning of the year and say, here's what our book's going to cost. Then they go out and they shop and they find all these cool, fun things to do. And, oh, let's put, you know, UV coating here and let's let's do a plexiglass cover. Well, how are you going to pay for that? Because in the real world, you've got to be able to pay your bills. I mean, what other class gives them that opportunity in real life? So. All right, folks, to be fair, in my entire career, I've had one school do a plexiglass cover. <laughs> that, 
that yeah she laughs that baby's a little expensive all right so absolutely you're gonna have to do some budgeting for that one so yeah so i always tell my kids if we have to know by a certain date you know by november 1st what our budget is and if you don't have the money sitting in the bank plus plus what we anticipate on sales we can't do all these pretty shiny things what are you going to take away and usually if they want it bad enough, they'll go out and do the financial part of it because they know how important it is to, to be able to pay for what you want. All right. Now, Marcy, the big finish. All right. Uh, if I recall, right. you, you during your career, you were a spring delivery book. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. d- again, depending on where you are in the country, May, June, for some folks, May, some folks, June, and, and so on. So, once you finaled your book, which for... For, for folks who aren't somehow aware, Spring Book's final probably somewhere in March. Once mm-hmm. you finaled your book, then what did you do? In other words, you had another two months, two and a half months of school roughly left. As, you know, Briefly, what did you and your group do during that period? Well, there are two things. Number one, um, I always think that that you need to leave your kids with some sort of a surprise. You know, when they get the book, there should be something a little extra in there. So we've done things like create um, um, create bookmarks, create little mini magazines that we can then put in each side in each book that features different students, so that we can get more student involvement in the book. Uh, But we also do something really important, and that's our spring supplement. So as soon as the book finals, we immediately pivot, and the old editors or the veteran editors will then turn around and train the upcoming editors by doing the supplement. So it's a 32-page piece that covers all of the spring sports, prom, um, any any spring events, you know, like there's one uh, spring play that we we can't get in the regular book. Um, so they do a little mini yearbook. They get the opportunity to have that uh, experience before they actually take on the big book the, the next year. And then we also start planning our book, the next year's book, in the spring. So they'll start thinking about theme. They'll start doing their creative shopping. And we'll also attend um, a workshop or premiere that usually happens in the St. Louis area. Uh, we Actually, we'll go over and visit with Mitch Eden over at Kirkwood and, um, you know, talk yearbook for a full day while they plan next year's book. So we hit the, we hit the ground running at the very end of the school year and then goes right into summer where they'll meet several times over summer, just so that when they get back to school, they're not scrambling, um, and getting stressed out from day one. Now we've had Mitch on this feature. All right. Amazing, amazing fellow. Um, love that guy. Uh, I have seen a video of his entire facility over there at Kirkwood. <laughs> and I'm like, my, when I pick my jaw up off the floor, like that's a high school journalism facility. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. Well, it's amazing. Yeah. It's now, amazing. Now, in your situation, Marcy, did you know in the spring who you were going to have next year? Were you able to know that information? Yes. The, the students register for classes uh, probably three weeks ago, they finished their registration process. And so we got numbers last week. Um, well, the, Clayton did since I'm retired. <laughs> they got their numbers last week. Um, they know that uh, they need to go out and do a little recruiting or um, somebody they thought was going to come back and maybe didn't end up on the list. So they're they're doing a little scrambling, making sure they have all their people in a row. Um, but they'll know 
And also the editors have already been chosen for next year. They went through an, um, an editorial uh, interview. They had to apply. They went through an interview process with the team. Um, and so they understand how important it is that they get their job done. So uh, we're able to really get the job or get the ball rolling. Um, one thing that the editors are doing is they're going to be contacting every one of those students personally, sending them a card saying, hey, we saw that you signed up for staff. Welcome to staff. Um, we're going to have an open house, um, you know, with pizza and whatever. We would love to see you. And so get already getting that family team building going before the next school year. The power of pizza. Ah, if you <laughs> feed them, they will come. Yes. <laughs> Now, for timing benefit, for depending on when folks are listening to this, apparently the registration at your school formerly was it was over around early February, I guess. Yes. About right. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you, again, schools, everybody's schedule is different and so on. I mean, Marcy, I've got some folks, they literally don't know who they're going to have until August, mm -hmm. which, I mean, I OK, really wish that was like April, uh, not August. <laughs> Yes. Touch briefly. I mean, what are some of the planning things that with the setup you had that you wanted to get done before the last day of school and summer vacation? What did you want to get absolutely finished by the time you got to there? Um, to have a theme in mind, um, to really have that editorial team and I know that's a little different than some other schools will do they'll wait till fall and and let the whole class you know decide on theme and vote on it um we have to do it the other way around just because of the fact that we don't have a class that meets every day um so we're so short on time and we know who's coming back for editors positions already so they get a jump start on it and and then their job is to get that theme as uh, massaged as possible. I mean, and everything, you know, there are things that are going to change once once you get into the school year uh, with the theme and, and student input is important. But the the bones of it are decided before they actually leave school. And did anything I mean, how much work actually got done over summer vacation, June, July, August? How much actually happened there for a lot of folks? It's OK. Three months of vacation. I'll see you in the fall mm -hmm. for your group. What did, did they do things over the summer? What did they do there? Yeah, every every year was different. One year I had a staff that had the entire book planned. The ladder was done. They already had started on designs um, that far so that when they hit their first deadline, everything was ready to go. Um, some years, you're hoping that you get it done two or three days before you assign it to a student. <laughs> it just depends on your leadership team. Some years are you're, they're really, really strong and passionate, and some years they're they're willing to do it, but they've got a lot of other things on their mind. So um, every year's a different. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I, I've talked to a lot of teachers over a lot of years. And a lot of them will tell me, you know, this class coming through really strong. These kids are really, then the next class coming through, OMG, what happened? Mm -hmm. Now you're smiling at me. I mean, is that, I, I don't understand that. Why? How does that happen? You know, I, I think you could ask any teacher and they, they would, it doesn't matter if it's a yearbook teacher or anybody else. There are just personalities to those kids. Um, 
you know, and there it's a lot of it has to do with things that happened on their way up to the high school. You know, we've had some classes that have have um, experienced a lot of, excuse me, have experienced a lot of um, pain, have experienced, you know, deaths of class members and, um, you know, just different things that other classes don't experience. And so for those classes, their attitude's a little bit different about what's important to them. You know, we have some classes that were just very driven and they're totally into, I've got to get into college and I've got to do all the right things and I have to have this on my resume. And so they join for a different reason than somebody else who just thinks it's the coolest thing they've ever done. We'll get back to our final segment with our friend Marcy Pieper, Jostin's Yearbooks Ambassador, coming up here in just a bit. We're going to talk about promotions. Now, that's something that really can uh, be kind of stoked here in the springtime and really all 12 months of the year. That is something, my observation, very few yearbook stabs take the time to do. And yet, if you want to get all those sales headaches off your brain, Promotions, regular promotions are fantastic. And Marcy's going to talk about that here in just a bit, along with some great advice for any yearbook advisor. So stay tuned for that. Yes, preparation for next year. If you are an advisor and maybe you fall into one of two camps, you're either a rookie, which means brand new, first year, second year, or you're a so-called veteran, third, fourth, 30th year, whatever it is. You know that you want to up your game. You want to make your yearbook better than it's ever been in school history. And you want your kids to do amazing work. And you want to be much more organized and have a better handle on things. The event you need to attend is Jostin's Advisor University, which is coming up this year in Big D, Dallas, Texas, from July 8 to 11. This is the premier advisors-only event in the country. And I can say that I'm not just, you know, company thing. It is the premier event. Some of the top yearbook people in this business attend and teach at this event. We're talking big wigs from the world of printing, big wigs from Jostens, big wigs from the uh, Journalism Education Association. We're talking really, really good folks. If you're a rookie advisor, you will not find a better event. I mean, this is incredible. Four days, when you leave at the end of the fourth day, you will have so many great ideas, you'll be bursting at the seams. And if you're a veteran advisor, you might think, I don't really need that. Everybody needs it. We're talking fresh ideas, fresh inspiration, different ways to look at things from, again, some of the top people in this industry. And Dallas, Texas is a fun place to be. You know, big D, Texas, everything's bigger, right? Well, this is going to be a big event. Now, if you'd like some more information, very simply, go online to jostens.com slash events. jostens.com slash events. Click on the link there for yearbook events. You'll see, by the way, a lot of summer workshops that Jostens folks are holding literally all over the country. So that'd be something to take some of your staff to. That'd be really great. So look for all the different links there. But look for the information on JAU, Jostens Advisor University. Click the link there. All the information is there. 
costs, schedule, what gets covered, and so on. Lots of great info there. And again, if you really want to up your advisor game, this is one event you must attend at least once. And I tell you what, some of these folks that go to JAU come back year after year after year because they know how valuable it is and all the great fresh ideas that they get every single year. JAU is phenomenal. By the way, if you don't necessarily work with Jostens for your book, you can still attend JAU. It's not just for Jostens people. It's for anybody who cares about making a great yearbook and effort. So again, jostens.com slash events. Click on the link for yearbook events. Look for the link for JAU, and we will hope to see you there. Now let's get back to our final segment with our friend Marcy Peeper. All right, now, big finish. Let's talk about promotions a little bit. I'm going to assume that when your group was done with the book, they still had some books to sell, correct? A few, yeah. All right, now we're talking about the spring. How did you handle promotions in the spring to hopefully, you know, sell out whatever remaining books you still had? We're pretty lucky in that we have a, a pretty good buy rate at our school. And so by the time that we get to spring, we're usually... We just usually have about 10% left of the books that we need to sell. Everything at like 90% sold. So we do very personal things. Like we print out the list of kids who have not purchased a book and we weed out the kids who have a brother or sister because sometimes the family will just buy one book for a family. And we find, first we find the seniors who have not purchased a book. Um, and so we'll, we will contact their parents directly. And, and say, you know, it's their senior year. We know you'd like to buy, you know, probably buy a book. Maybe this you just overlooked it. And we sell a lot of books that way. Um, and then, uh, again, it's that personal touch. We'll send a, uh, we mostly contact the parents because the kids have heard all the announcements. They've seen the posters. They're immune to it. But the parents are, are the ones that don't have any idea that this maybe has even gone on. So we we will email parents. Um, the principal's newsletter will have a little blurb in there. And we'll put the um, yard signs out that Justin supplies. And we'll put those back out as the in the pickup area. So the parents will look at it and go, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. And usually by that point, we, we sell out. We've sold out the last probably five years. 90% from that earlier when you said finish the book. That's outstanding. Um, wow. Wish I had a few of those. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes, I mean, the kids, the kids are very good about talking to their peers and we're ch constantly checking that list to see, oh, somebody's parents bought a senior ad, but they haven't bought a book yet, you know, and following up on that. So when we get to, to spring, it really is just kind of a cleanup from there. Now, over your long career, Marcy, was it always 90% or did it kind of build up to that over time? Um, no, but I think it's, it, I think it goes back to, we're constantly getting our name out there. And I think that's really important that you need to make sure that your name is, is present at least once a week in something, you know, like you put a poster out or you send, um, notes to kids that you're on page such and such. Um, you know, Justin's has little flyers that you can print out, you know, hey, you're on this page, make sure you buy a yearbook. So we do little things throughout the year to remind kids, 
hey, you know, get your yearbook purchased. So by the time we do get to spring, we really are just picking up the the tail end of kids who really want one. So but, and we, we really focus on the parents. So in other words, at your school, your yearbook staff was not a secret. No, 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 they were not a secret. <laughs> that still drives me a little crazy, Marcy. For folks, yeah. oh, the yearbook's a secret. We're going to surprise everybody. I'm like, mm, no, no. no. <laughs> you got to promote yourself. You know, the the more you're out there and the more that you're you're doing cool things, then kids are like, hey, I want to be a part of that. Or, yeah, I, I heard I was going to be in the yearbook. Or, you know, um, you sh you feature the photos somewhere. You can put it on social media. Reach out as much as you can to get your name out there and your product out there. If they see that it's a good product, they're going to buy it. All right. Now, distribution day, Marcy. I've noticed that it seems nobody quite does this exactly the same. How did you folks handle the big day when you handed out the books to everybody? Um, at Clayton, we have a thing called Senior Week. And it's the last week the seniors are there and they do something special for the seniors every day. And it culminates in a full day of fun activities for our seniors. They all have lunch together. And the last thing they do before they leave is they pick up their yearbooks. So the senior class gets to pick them up separately from everybody. Um, and then after the seniors have picked theirs up, then we open it up to the rest of the students to come in. So by that point, the other kids have seen the, you know, the book as the seniors are leaving. And so they're all hyped about getting it. Um, so then they come in the, um, the hour after the seniors leave and then they pick up their books from a central point. Our wow. school's been one, uh, one of the schools that they don't embrace signing. It's never been a thing at Clayton. Oh. Okay. Um, but you can see them sitting in the quad or in front of the school and everybody's got their yearbooks out and they're laughing and talking and pointing, but they just don't sign. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm Marcy. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> Is there a, a reason why? It, Cause I've got some other schools. It's like, that's what they look forward to. Oh, I can't wait to sign mm -hmm. my friends they, books or have my friends sign my book or something. It just never took off. Yeah. It never has. And I've asked the kids about it um, several years and said, you know, don't you want to have a signing party? And they just look at me and say, why? Sign what? <laughs> it's just not the culture. It's they it's I've been like I said, I've been there 28 years and it's just not huh. happening. Okay. All right. All right. That I'm I'm surprised. But uh, all right. <laughs> that, that's fine. We can deal with that. Um, all right. One more question, Marcy. And it's a popular question that I like to wrap up with when I get to talk to, you know, veteran folks like you. Now, I'm going to guess you do this already. If you have a chance, because we mentioned earlier, a lot of advisor turnover, a lot of newbies. If you have a chance to sit down with a rookie advisor, a second year advisor, and so on, and you could give them some advice, what would you tell them? And maybe a second part of that question, after the last three years that we've all had to deal with, has your advice changed at all? What would you tell the new folks? First, I'd tell them to calm down. <laughs> and I mean, just take a deep breath because this could, this could probably be one of the best experience, teaching experiences you'll ever have. Um. The key is organization and putting your faith in the right kids. You know, you go with your gut. You know 
um, which kids are, are strong and which kids, you know, might be better, at not quite a leadership job, but they've got a job to do. Um, and then just have fun with it. Don't stress out about it. Um, rely on your rep. I always tell them, rely on your rep and talk to them and tell them what you're frustrated with. Tell them what you need help with. I worked with a, an advisor today who's brand new at it and just got the her the book handed to her at semester and she's never advised a book before. So she was in a little bit of a panic. By the end of the day, we were laughing and joking and she felt like that she could handle it. Um, you sometimes need somebody there sitting next to you, just giving you that confidence. And that's what your rep will do for you. Make sure that you're reaching out to other people and networking, like get involved in advisors groups and make sure that you've got an ally. You're the only one in the school that does what you do. And everybody else, you know, has an English teacher or two or three and they can collaborate and know what they're doing is okay. Where's your collaboration? Um, get involved in your advisor associations. And I would give the same, same advice year after year after year. I think okay. it's important. I have to assume that Missouri has a good state journalism association. Yes? Uh, yeah, we we have a pretty good one. Um, people should get involved with that. I mean, Pennsylvania's had one for, I mean, literally, Marcy, it's like 100 years now. Mm -hmm. uh, long time. I wish more people were involved with it. They're not. Um, getting involved with a state student journalism association, that's a good idea? Absolutely. Um, ours is actually uh, run through the University of Missouri at Columbia. And so there's lots of opportunities for kids to um, get some just experience there, just going to the university when there's J-Day and seeing what the J-School has. Because, you know, rumor has it that Missouri has the best one in the country. So, <laughs> um, and and then just using your networking skills, you'll meet people that can put you in, you know, give you some opportunities and put you in good places. I have heard of Mizzou's journalism program, highly <laughs> regarded. Absolutely. Highly regarded. All right. One quick question. Then we're done. Because um, I'm assuming you're involved with this. Uh, not too far away. JAU, Jostens mm -hmm. Advisor University, is yes. not far from you this year. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas, uh, mm -hmm. early to mid-July, somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure you've been there many times. If there's an advisor thinking, you know what, I really want to up my game. I really want to do some great stuff. What, what are advantages to signing up to go to JAU? Why should they attend such a thing? <clears throat> because you're, you're surrounded by people who are there for the same reason you are, and that is they want to be better at what they do. What I love about JAU is that you'll have a brand new advisor sitting in a classroom, and right next to them, you'll have somebody who's taught for 15 years that's come back to refresh their skills or to learn something from somebody that they've admired. Uh, I mean, the advisors that teach there are, they're just legendary. Um, you know, Margaret teaches there, Sarah Nichols, you know, she's uh, very well known across the country is, is a teacher there. Uh, Mike McLean, who's a professional photography uh, photographer 
and is the house photographer for all the military academies, teaches there. I'm like, this. the first time that I went just as a teacher, I was like geeked out. I just thought, oh my gosh, look at all these people here, you know, that that are just at the top of their craft and they're willing to spend some time with me. Um, so I think it's an opportunity to like no other that they're going to get. And what's really cool about it is it's so laid back. You know, um, everybody's there to help each other and the classes are wonderful and they're calm and you'll leave there with so little anxiety. Uh, people come in and you can tell they're a little nervous. And when they leave, they're like, I can do this. Folks, quick note for advisors listening. Uh, JAU is open for anybody. In other words, you don't necessarily have to work with Jostens. If you work with somebody else and you want to check it out, you can do that. Uh, contact your Jostens representative. They should have details about how you sign up and register and that sort of thing. So, Marcy, I've had a lot of fun. I'm really glad I caught up with you, and I'm really glad you're on our team as an ambassador. Um, Thank you very much, and uh, we'll be talking to you again soon, I'm sure. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. A huge thank you again to our friend Marcy Pieper. And again, we are so thrilled that she is, if you will, full-time on our Jostens staff now as a so-called Jostens ambassador. Early in the interview, I kind of joked with her, what's in the water down there in Missouri? Is it the Mississippi or something? There are tremendous yearbook staffs down there in the greater St. Louis, greater Missouri area. I don't know what it is down there. i got to go down and get some water, bring it home or something. They do really terrific work. And again, Marcy, for so many decades, Lifetime Achievement Award from the JEA. They don't give that to just anybody. Marcy is really, really good. And hopefully, by listening here, you already got some great ideas and inspiration from her experience. So thanks again to Marcy. And thank you again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast.